0: Welcome everybody to the BoomTube Podcast. I am Ryan and I have Nate here with me. Yo! You're back,
1: man! I'm back!
0: Yeah, we had that little mini-boom, went on a little mini-adventure, but you're back!
1: Yeah! Got our
0: buddy Callum in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was uh, talking all the way from from Nashville, so... Did you literally, like... He talked to me over the airwaves. Over the airwaves. Over the airwaves, and it, you know, you could definitely tell... You guys literally boomed each other. Oh my I mean, gosh, we did. Yes, we did.
1: Yes. That's yeah. amazing. We did. So I didn't know that. So, well, I thought he came here. No, no, no,
0: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, we boomed his voice over the that's over cool. the. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, you're back man and uh, dude, it is hot and muggy. <laughs> yeah, it's, gr- <laughs> it's kind of gross. <laughs> it's It's, yeah, it's summer, and I can't complain about that, but it's also been a lot of rain, and just the combination's not good. I cannot be naked enough. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) but at the same time, I stick to everything when I'm naked. That's true, that's true. (laughs) Uh, Hey, so, do you remember about I want to say this was a year ago do you remember that fad that went around Facebook and online the mannequin challenge I hate (laughs) fads yes I do remember the mannequin challenge you do remember that though right it has now come to light that Google has used all of that footage to enhance their AI to enhance uh, 3D mapping how oh yeah so they're okay. taking exact footage of, of these people who are willingly freeze-framing, <laughs> and they're learning more of the 3D landscape. Now, here's where I'm going to put on a tinfoil hat, okay? Yes. I'm about to put I'm on a tinfoil hat. Yes. Uh, Google owns YouTube. Yep. They all f- also are obviously the world's biggest search engine. Yep. What if they manufactured the hype behind the Mannequin Challenge <gasps> just so we can all, for free, provide them data? I totally believe that. Yeah. That's, yeah. I'm not saying that's true, but... But that's a great theory. I'm putting it really a tinfoil is. hat on. People feel like they have to do it, they have to get involved, and guess what? You're getting free data. Now, there's, I guess, technically really nothing wrong with that, but I, I don't know. Is there something wrong with that? If I mean, that were true? If that were true? Uh, I, yeah, that's a weird shade of gray. yeah
1: because I can't really say there is anything wrong with it because everybody freely participated exactly no harm
0: was done but it, it's kind of like it's definitely manipulation like an ooh shame on you thing like, right hey, right that's just kind of something interesting I thought you might want to chew on that thought a little yeah. bit
1: like I have uh, that like Google Rewards opinions thing where they ask you surveys I do too and some of the questions that they ask me like randomly it's like oh do you know me and it's like, yeah. I prefer not to answer. Yes. It's like, there's a lot of questions they ask where it's like, you already know the answer to that question, don't you?
0: Right. It's like, I'm not going to answer that. No, I, I, we're talking about the Google Rewards app. And it's, I mean, it's great on one hand because it, it asks you random questions and it'll even ask you about like your travel history. Like, yeah. were you recently at AutoZone and how long were you there? Did you spend money or not? Yeah. If but you, if you get, have your
1: location turned on, right. places you shop, it'll like ask you surveys about it like what was your experience and all that and i really like when it asks me about like youtube videos and stuff because i can tell that once it asks me like did you enjoy this video is this a video you would watch based on how i answer my youtube feed
0: will change mine too and for the those are are my favorite ones and i enjoy those those are my favorite then it
1: randomly will ask me about my salary and it's like oh
0: no (laughs)
1: i'm not telling
0: you that Yeah, <laughs> like, or yeah, exactly. And, and it's, be, so, on one hand, it's great because, in in all honesty, especially if you have your location turned on, you could get three, four dollars a week in free Google yeah, credits, I mean, and they pay you. Yeah, they pay
1: you for answering those questions.
0: But you're essentially, it's not free because you're getting that money to literally give you're a personal profile information. To yes, and that's where it gets kind of tricky because it's like, well, I'm, I'm not really looking to hide anything. I don't care if they know that I'm Caucasian, and yeah. this is. How much money I make, but it's you're still selling that info for thirteen cents a pop. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm not gonna tell you how it's much it's different every time, but yeah. that's just a number. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you how much I make a year for a quarter. Right. That's, sorry. Well, and that's something else. You never know how much you're gonna get paid until they pay you. Yes. Because there are times where like I'll get seven cents and there have been times where I've gotten like a dollar twenty five. Yeah. And it's like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that's half an iced coffee um something i've actually realized something i've realized is i've saved up those credits and i bought a couple movies on the google play store uh because i recently went on a long trip and i thought this could come in handy yeah uh i found out that i can watch those through youtube i didn't realize that no way so i'm on my ps4 on youtube and one of the tabs is purchase stuff (gasps) and the stuff i purchased through the play store yeah i know right i know i didn't know that me neither so, I need to advertise that. I'm up to
1: like eight bucks. I'm going to have to buy a movie or something.
0: But yeah, we got buy something on sale for sure. Oh yeah, um, but it'll show up in your in your in your I'm YouTube. A, I'm a penny pincher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, 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 it's free money, and if you use it wisely, you can really get something cool. Mm-hmm. I got um, this was this wasn't through the Google Rewards. This was a while ago, but I did something where it was along the lines of a survey or one thing or another or a review for Google. And I got the first Transformers movie for free, Nice. and I've literally never watched it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was on YouTube, and I went over to a tab, and it was like, "Watch this for free." And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of funny that it was there." And then when I bought uh, the comedy special for the trip, I was just talking about. Yeah, I saw it there too, and it was like, "Oh, cool." Well, I'm going to save all- save that those credits for you know. That's really cool. Yeah, you know. I just thought that was interesting uh, hearing about that Mano challenge and. I don't know. It's How... just a very gray area that I think everyone could definitely spend some time chewing. Uh, one of the first things I'd like to do is take our little boom tube for a whirl. We're booming. We're gonna... See some movies. Ah! Woo! We boomed. We boomed. Uh, so on the topic of movies. Uh, One of my favorite cult classic movies, not even a cult classic, it's just a good movie, Uh, and you know this, I love RoboCop. Yes. I love it. Yes. Uh, There is a, I guess, well, another reboot coming out. Well, not even a reboot, not a reboot, because it's a continuation of the original film. Uh, Oh. This is going to be coming to us from Neil Blomkamp.
1: Yes. No, he
0: did... District 9. District
1: 9, yes. I really liked that movie. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I want to see it. it. was almost like a mockumentary, but it wasn't bound by it.
0: That's cool because it it gives it flexibility to maybe show different perspectives. Exactly. It wasn't
1: entirely shaky cam. At one point, it's like, okay, we're a full-on sci-fi movie now, and we're just going to go off and do this. And then it kind of, at the end,
0: ties back into a mockumentary, and I really enjoyed that. I'm glad you explained it that way that it kind of cut through with like interviews and stuff yeah because one of the things I love about the original Robocop movie is how it would blend in commercials and new segments yeah and they were essentially at face value, just little skits, little sketches with little jokes in them. But it was world building; it kind of explained yep. to you how people perceived things exactly. and how uh, the culture was all about giant cars and uh-huh. and guns and and you know all that stuff. But, yeah. Uh, so if Neil Blomkamp is is doing this uh, movie, which again is a continuation of the first movie, not a reboot, that's really cool. It's ignoring Robocop two and three, and all the oh, other okay. yeah. And then there's a bunch of other sequels that, I don't know if they count, they were like TV movies. Yeah. It's ignoring all of those, so it's taking the original RoboCop movie, and then this movie happens. Um, The working title is RoboCop Returns, which I don't like, because it's very Batman Returns and very boring. Yeah, that was Um, easy. But on the other hand, I would really, I really hate it when movies do the sequel thing, and it's literally the same name, like Halloween that just came out. Exactly. The first movie was called Halloween, this is a continuation of just that, nothing else, and we're calling it Halloween. At the same time though you can't call Halloween 2 because they did it Halloween 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is weird. Oh my gosh, yeah. So you're paying... <laughs> oh my gosh. I didn't even think of that. You're right. You have to You come can't up. call it Halloween 2. Yeah. You
1: have to come up with something unique. So you just call So what is in they Halloween wanted- Returns. And there's a rumor- <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And there's there's rumors that they there's going to be a sequel to that. Movie and would that be Halloween two or is that Halloween three Ooh. or is that just called
1: Halloween? That's Halloween two or Halloween
0: two. cubed, Halloween
1: Cubed. Halloween I love
0: cubes. it. Cubed. It's it's all in three D. Okay. It's all in <laughs> Tron. It's in Tronverse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this it's the working title for the RoboCop movie is RoboCop returns. But if Neil Blomkamp had that kind of um uh cut cutting style where it would go to interviews and stuff like that, yeah. that would work with the original movie. So I think they would feel cohesive. Well, what's what's really interesting about this is so he's been rumored to be attached to a sequel uh, or another RoboCop movie for quite some time. And actually, before the previous RoboCop movie came out, this movie was already in discussions. Oh, I'm talking right. about the one, yeah, I'm talking about the one that had a uh, Joel Kinnaman in it. Yeah, and he was in the black like ninja suit uh, with the bike. Michael Keaton is the bad Michael guy. Keaton's the bad guy. Yeah, um, I did not like that movie at all. I had hopes for it. I had hopes yeah. for it. Um, they, they tried to tell too much of a story. They did. So that's exactly my problem with it. So yeah. the, the movie starts out like the original Robocop. And it's like, okay, so like maybe it's going to be about him finding his killer like the original did. Yep. And then they either... I'm pretty sure they find him like almost immediately. And it's like, okay, so that makes sense. It's a reboot. Maybe they'll do something else. And then they kind of dive into uh, the the guy who played... I can't think of his name. He played Rorschach. Um
1: Oh yeah Uh, Jackie Earl Haley Jackie
0: Earl Haley Thank you very much He's like the weapons designer And he's jealous of RoboCop And he designs the Ed 209 And I'm like Oh that's a great idea You're gonna have him Like build these things To fight RoboCop And then that doesn't Really go anywhere (laughs) And then it's like Oh no Michael Keaton's Like a really corrupt CEO And then You know That's not bad enough He kidnaps RoboCop's wife And like (laughs) They tried way too much But there were some cool scenes I remember the part Where it showed him Where they're building RoboCop And it's literally A long Lung. It's yeah. like a pair of lungs. It was his like, head and a couple body parts. It yeah, organs. It was a, even it, parts. It, it was a hand, a pair of lungs, a heart, a and heart. a head, a, a eyes, and brain. Yeah. Pretty much his face. It yeah. was his face. His that face. was cool. It wasn't as good as the original, but having Sam Jackson as kind of the cutting in between like Fox News kind of guy. And that's what I'm looking for in this Neil Blomkamp sequel because, again, it's an easy and effective way to build the world. I think it's a good way to point across. Now, it's very easy to look at the original RoboCop and say this is a dumb action movie full of violence and gore. And it is full of violence and gore more than most. However, it is not a dumb action film. I will fight this until the day I die. It is a smart satire because yeah. again if you watch it it makes fun of that that that, that extremism that like yeah. indulgence that Americans in definitely and that I don't know that's what I loved yeah you know It's a good movie It's a great movie Uh, I gotta admit I probably saw that When I was way too young
1: They are (laughs) using Like the original costume Too aren't they Didn't they say that?
0: Yes So he said So what had happened take on the original At least Yeah so what had happened Was somebody had tweeted To Neil Blomkamp Hey what's the word On the sequel Or is it still happening Something to that effect Mm -hmm. And he said uh, The script is being written It is going well Imagine Verhoeven Doing a follow up film Verhoeven's referring to Paul Verhoeven, the director of the original. That's cool. Yeah, he went on to actually do uh, Starship Troopers.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which, if you think about it, Starship Troopers is very Had similar a lot to Robocop.
1: commercials and documentary esque, very and, violent, but it's, yeah. it's
0: more than a dumb action film. Right? Yeah.
1: And honestly, Starship Troopers is a great way to compare to District Nine. Lots of commercials and documentary esque stuff, and then cut to straight action in an action movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's. Yeah, so if that's the good tie in, mm-hmm. that's amazing. Well, and I love the idea of, like, having, you know, the scene where Robocop get, takes down people, a montage taking down people, or he b- does something yep. and then you cut to the media and the d- and how people are perceiving and how they're spinning it. Yeah. yeah. And I think it would even be cool if they did a, a CNN Fox News thing where you might have people who are like Robocop's great, we love him and yeah. the other people are like he's a he's a menace, especially <laughs> in this day and age. Yes, yeah. Cuz that's all that the media is. right, it's left and right. Right. And that would be very satirical. They'd be very satirical. It would be a good idea. It would be a time capsule of the time because again, if we go back to the '80s, that was all about indulgence. That yeah. was about spending money, living yeah. large, being big. Yep. You know, the one thing you said in that recent tweet is that the script is currently being written. Yeah. So, so it's probably fair to say, at least 2022, a, a few years at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'll definitely see that. RoboCop is truly one of my favorite movies. That'd be cool. If you've never seen it, I highly recommend you watch it. Um, and again if Don't look at it Just the face value of Over the top Like violence Because I mean It is there And it is awesome But do the movie's you, Much smarter than that Do you have Amazon Prime? I do Have you seen any Of all of
1: those Extra RoboCop I yes. Scrolling through I have seen So many Not just RoboCop 2 and 3 Right Prime there,
0: directives Dark there's Vengeance There's so many yeah. Other
1: RoboCop Have you seen any Meltdown, of those? Meltdown I've seen every I've never, single one I've, <laughs> I've never seen any of those Are so, they good?
0: No, <laughs> so uh, I have. They are on Amazon Prime right now. Yeah, I saw these. Oh my gosh, I want to say I saw these about twelve years ago. Okay, if I'm not mistaken, these are actually TV movies developed by the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, if it was not the Sci-Fi Channel, the Sci-Fi Channel was where I watched them. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> yeah, the Sci-Fi Channel is where I watched them. Now, again, this has been a while, so uh, you know, bear with me if this isn't incredibly accurate. But from what I remember. They have uh, It opens up the, In the whole series of movies There's like Three to five of them But yeah. it really is one movie oh. So it's literally A continuation after another Are they movie length Or is it like a mini series They're movie length But you probably could on, Truthfully You probably could do Two TV seasons out of you it Or one TV Call it season. a Exactly it. Okay. Yeah It opens up And this is crazy How much detail I remember About this Because it has been years But <laughs> again Big Robocop fan yeah, Oh yeah uh, It opens up Where there's a criminal He's going after Called Bone Crusher And it's so funny because he's not a character you would see in the RoboCop films. He's like a supervillain. You know what I mean? Like, RoboCop's not... Like, he doesn't fight supervillains. Plus, RoboCop has no bones, so... No more bones. How do you stop him? (laughs) And, like, he he takes down this guy, but, like, while he takes down this guy, he, like, shoots this cop who's, like, RoboCop's, like, buddy or something. So this cop is, like, dying. Well they turn this cop into Robocop two. Oh. And it's literally Robocop but with like a dark purple black suit and it's it it's just stupid. Robo it, NATO. <laughs> <laughs> <Nega> Robocop NATO. Nego Robocop
1: a tornado just throws Robocops everywhere. That seems to be all that sci-fi
0: does anymore. You become a cop. You become a and
1: Robocop. And you're a Robocop. Yeah, we're going to Oprah this thing.
0: But, uh, no, they're not good. I don't, <laughs> okay. I don't remember watching any of them and being like, yeah, but I definitely watch them. So. Okay. You I, know, just, I always you
1: see them. It's always in my, like, you should watch this. And it's like, no, oh, it, it looks yeah. bad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Uh, I'm sure you know. I'd have to even look up. There might be some YouTube montages or something. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't commit the like eight hours to watching all of those. Yeah. Uh, gosh. Uh, hey, while we're here uh, in the movie universe, I have got a doozy for you, my friend. Sweet. Yes. I love so, doozies. Disney, of course, purchased Fox not too long ago. Yes. They acquired all the rights to all that. Uh, Fox's last X-Men film was, of course, Dark Dark Phoenix. Yep. Well, now that uh, Disney owns Fox. Fox has, they're sitting on a pile of scripts that they have nothing to do with. Uh, They can't do anything with it. Uh, So one of the uh, people involved decided to release one of the scripts that was most certainly going to happen. So out of the pile of scripts that they had, this one was the most certain to be made. This is the one they really wanted to be made. Yes. This was in development after X-Men Apocalypse. So, it's probably safe to say we might have gotten this movie instead of Dark Phoenix if things have gone slightly differently. Okay. You know? Uh, So, this movie that they released, the script is called X-Men Fear the Beast. Oh. Uh, Yeah. That's (laughs) that's what I said, too. Oh. So, the movie would have been a solo-focused movie around Beast. Uh... Right, right, of all the characters Of all the characters Of all the characters I can't help but think No, I like Beast as a character um, From the comics and the old 90's cartoon I can't help but think This is only because they're like We have this Nicholas Holt guy Let's just, you know, we have him under contract Let's just make him a star of the Sexman movie But I gotta admit Uh, I haven't even started to go into the details of this Just hearing that Are you interested at all? No, no, yeah, neither would I I'm not interested. I don't think the general public would necessarily be like, yes, Fear fear the Beast is what I want to see. X-Men
1: has one of the biggest catalogs of characters to pull
0: from. Right. And to have... So, uh, I'm not saying having Beast as a focal character is a bad thing, but as the solo? I don't see an intriguing movie based around him at all. Neither do I. He's, Um, He's a blue gorilla. So... I feel like no matter what movie would have been Fox's X-Men, last. <laughs> that's that's all I that's all I'm picturing. That's right all you're
1: picturing. It's bunch of people show up, shoot him, and he dies, and <laughs> that's it. It's like that's... But man's the real monster. Man's oh well, I guess you
0: could push that <laughs> point if you wanted to. I just don't see it. Uh, this was called Fear the Beast, which Kind of reminds me of Dark Phoenix, and I wonder if it was X-Men, Fear the Beast, or just Fear the Beast. Kind of like how Dark Phoenix just went Dark Phoenix. Yeah. I feel like that confused probably, I don't want to use the word layman, but like the general, general, general audience member. Who yeah, like just that's... knows that X-Men's an action movie. I hear Fear the Beast, I do not think X-Men. But this movie, uh, they were developing it right after Apocalypse, and it was supposed to pick up after Apocalypse. So we're still in the 90s, or I'm sorry, the 80s. We're still in the 80s after Apocalypse. Did he play any role in Apocalypse? Nicholas Holt? Yeah. Or Beast, just in general. (sighs) I don't know. See, I feel like ever since he got involved in the series, anything with Beast was about, I have a serum to be a human, but I also have a serum to be a beast. (laughs) But I have a serum that I'm going to use now, yes. and then I have a serum for this. Exactly. And uh, I'm just going to spoiler alert you now. This is a very serum-heavy script. His entire... His entire point of even being
1: in the movies was just to give a serum to Xavier. <laughs>
0: right, that's it. You know, I I loved I loved Beast in X Men Three. Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey I thought Grammer. that was excellent. I loved yeah. that. But I loved how who'd have thought that Frazier would have been the perfect Beast. Oh, I know he was fantastic. He was so good. He was so good. He was in my, in my opinion, that's probably the best part of X Men Three. If yeah. you were to take out him as yeah. Beast, like that's just great. Yeah. But this movie would have been set in the eighties again with Nicholas Holt continuing his role the villain would have been the Wendigo um i'm the, drawing a blank on the Wendigo so the Wendigo is he's appeared in a couple of the older um, 80s and 90s like beat em ups and i think he was in the 90s cartoons too he's a giant white werewolf for lack of a better term okay um now in the comics it's because of a curse he's cursed to become this thing okay now in the in the movie and i do understand this difference if you are making a beast movie I understand making the Wendigo uh, the villain and also making it a serum as opposed to a curse. Sounds like it would be a good counterpart to his... Yeah, exactly, a good counterpart. A good evil to his good. So, Fox was ready to just blatantly tear up the timeline with this movie. Now, their movies have never been super accurate with the timeline. Yeah. Uh, they're, They're, quite frankly, puzzles in themselves just to figure out the exact timeline but they have kind of a general flow yep. this movie was going to blatantly destroy the timeline and I don't know if it's because this is after Days of Future Past where it's like we've already established different universes yeah. so the reason why I say the timeline is different is they wanted a new actor to play Wolverine but they were going to have Wolverine introduced as we saw him in X-Men 1 so in Canada doing the cage, doing fighting, the cage fighting in the
1: bar Okay, but this is a
0: whole new actor okay so, before he he's in this cage fighting place, before he even meets Rogue, okay, because again, this is a different universe, Yeah. Professor X telepathically communicates with Wolverine mid-fight, <laughs> fills in Wolverine that, hey, you're a mutant, I'm a mutant, I'm talking to you this way, here's all the stuff that's going on, I also need to recruit you to help my buddy Beast, who's also in Canada. <laughs> this is mid-fight. <laughs> <laughs> he's, so... Wolverine has to wrap his brain about all this in mid fight. Talk about exposition. (laughs) Exactly. Here's the entire movie. Here we go. Yeah, this is all mid fight, okay? Now, uh, one thing that is notable in the script is they wanted to try to introduce Wolverine's classic brown and tan costume. So uh, I'd have been cool with that. So the yeah, the, the setup was that he would have agreed to you know yeah, Xavier, I'll help you, I'll help your buddy Beast or whatever, and he would have suited up in this uh, uh in this costume. <laughs> My greatest bummer
1: about Hugh Jackman quitting Logan is that he never actually wore the costume.
0: Yes, you got that tease at the very that end. Teased
1: at the end of the Wolverine, and you never saw it,
0: but it never happened. And never. Happened. I would have
1: loved to have just seen him put that mask on.
0: And uh, I would have loved it too. But I'm also trying to wrap my head around those that ear part of that mask or whatever those things are. Oh, it was
1: completely it would,
0: unnecessary. It would, it, but that's what's funny about but, comics, right? And on paper, that looks awesome. It does. If somebody really wore that in real life, you'd probably laugh your butt off. Probably. But I still want to see who Jack would <laughs> yeah, he, he might be. Yeah. Even might, if I laugh, he might make it work. He, he, he might could. make it work. So. This movie, uh, it would have had uh, the climactic battle, of course, with uh, Beast fighting Wendigo. But he just he can't, he just can't beat him. So he decides to take the serum that uh, Wendigo's been using. He injects it into himself to become. This is from the script. Mega Beast. Mega Beast. <laughs> he's bigger. He's a darker sheet of blue, and he's described as a quote unquote force of nature. Uh, but he still needs help and can't beat Wendigo. So this is when Wolverine comes in and does his stuff I imagine they they rip him to shreds and once again Wolverine is the center of everything yeah Wolverine takes all the credit so the movie would have ended with Wolverine uh, saying no to the X-Men You know, thanks but no thanks and pretty much just walking away into the sunset before he leaves though Professor X goes ahead and fills in all of his memories so you're erasing all of Wolverine figuring (laughs) out his past and all that stuff so he's like alright well I'm not going to be a part of the X-Men but like Thanks for the memories. Be gone, <laughs> gone <to> exposition. <laughs> right. Let me fill you in on all of this. And then erase it oh. at the end of the movie. And then finally, it would have the ending tease of the movie would have been that Mr. Sinister was behind the serum that created the Wendigo. That's like the
1: only good thing of that entire movie.
0: And that's what I thought, too. That's the only good thing. Uh, they teased uh, Mr. Mr. Sinister, Sinister at the cool. end. They teased him at the end of uh, The Wolverine, I believe. I think it was The Wolverine. There's one movie at the very end where they do tease Mr. Sinister. But, okay. But yeah, reading that and I looked at that, I was like, that's the one cool thing from the script. Yeah. But that enti- that movie would have been garbage. And I'll be honest, that's like the worst thing
1: to happen to all superhero films is it's just building up another superhero film.
0: Well, that and I, it's too focused on the actor that they had. Yeah. And it all started with Jennifer Lawrence. I have no problem with her. Yep. But it all started with her as Mystique where... All of a sudden, Mystique's like a central character in the X-Men universe. Yes. She's
1: I'll like even, a C-list. I'll, I'll be honest, I'll even go so far as to say Wolverine. X-Men is an Avengers-style movie. It should be a group of people. Uh-huh. And to focus every single movie around Wolverine or Mystique is a mistake for the X-Men. I agree. In my opinion. And I feel like Marvel, when they take over and do their X-Men movies, really need to focus on not focusing
0: on one person well the x-men movies should feel like not the tone i'm talking here but they should feel like the uh, guardians of the galaxy movies where yes it's an ensemble movie yes you have everybody gets their chance to shine yeah chris chris sure uh, there's
1: one person that you focus most of your camera time sure, on but it's a group but it's a group you still
0: have many scenes with Groot and uh yes. gamora as without him whatsoever exactly. exactly exactly but yeah because as much as I love Hugh Jackman, and if he comes knocking on this
1: door right now and says, run away with me, I'm gone. You're gone. <laughs> We're just bros. But I'm going to run away with him and be best friends forever. I love Hugh Jackman. Uh-huh. But they should not have focused on him so closely in every single movie.
0: Yeah. But I just... This Fear the Beast movie, man. Like, yeah. I'm, I, I'm glad it never happened.
1: I'll be honest. I knew nothing about this before you talked to me about it. Uh-huh. and I'm super glad it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, I'm, very, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm more grateful that it doesn't exist than to never watch it. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we move on. I think there's some TV news we can talk oh, about. Oh, TV boom. Hang on <laughs> Do you need a... Excuse me. You need, you need a little something? I might need a Tums. I might need a Tums. Tums for the tummy. <laughs> We're here in the TV universe now, I got just a couple little tidbits, not not a whole lot of juicy nuggets here, but just little tidbits to to talk about. I love tidbits. One of my favorite TV sitcoms of all time, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes. I've told you for a long time to start watching it, and I know you have. I have seen some of it, I have not seen Uh, all,
1: and I do enjoy it. uh I don't don't love it, personally, Uh but I do enjoy it. Now, you're still in
0: season one, correct? I want to say I got halfway through season two. Okay. Because I will say, no, I I enjoy every episode of that, and Mm -hmm. I love season one. But it is one of those shows where you like tell people, you're like, oh, it's a great show. Get through season one. <laughs> That's almost every show, to be yeah, honest. The yeah. Office. The Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. It's Wreck, rough. Breaking
1: Bad. I mean, any of the really great shows, the first season, they have to find the
0: characters. Yeah, kind of find a groove. They haven't found yeah. their footing yet. You got to get past that. Kind of like these first couple episodes of this podcast. Oh! <laughs> oh got me. Got, got <laughs> me. I shot, and I hit myself. <laughs> Uh, the reason I wanted to bring up it's always sunny uh, season thirteen, uh, which uh, aired last year, it's coming to Hulu this Friday, July fifth. Nice. Uh, so yeah, we're we're excited about it. My wife and yeah. I, we saw it when it aired, and. The entire year, we've been excited for it to come on Hulu, so now we can obsessively can watch it. it. I was going to say, you've had me watch a whole bunch of episodes, and I've enjoyed every single episode uh, you've sent me. Yeah, but it's funny too, but every episode I'll show you, that I'll, I'll handpick and show you, it's all from like season three on. Like, okay. It's it's when the show really gets like bonkers.
1: And I really feel like for me, that's an atmospheric show. I enjoy it so much more watching it with you uh, than by myself.
0: That makes sense. Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah. That's cool. No, no, I get what you're saying. Watching it by myself, it's like, eh, this is kind of funny, uh-huh. but I don't enjoy it. But with you, and I know that you're anticipating the next joke, You know, for some reason,
0: up. they hit so much better, <laughs> and I love it.
1: So, that's, that's I will save
0: good. that show for with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll take that. I'll take that, because truthfully, the out of the 13 seasons of the show, and my wife and I, we even do this, it's difficult for us to narrow down to even a top 15 or 20. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, I could make a solid, like, mix of, like, the best episodes, but even then, it's so difficult to pick. Yeah, I gotta say, every episode you've shown me is very well written. Yeah, the show, the show is so good. (laughs) One of the, one of the teases, uh, that I wanted to bring up, so it's, the new season's coming up here in a couple months. Okay. They put on Instagram a picture of uh, Rob McElhaney. He's uh, the creator of the show. He plays Mac. He's sitting on a couch, and he took a picture of Charlie. Who's it's of Charlie's back at a desk, and he's writing the next script. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Oh, we're working on the script," but there's a plain as day image of what the script is. So you start, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. Where this gets funny is you start reading it. And the first line is from Frank, Danny DeVito, and he's like, I can't believe Charlie's gone. And it's like, oh, my God, like, something happened oh. to Charlie. Yeah, and then the next line is uh, somebody talking about how Dennis finally admitted he's in love with Mac 2. So they are a couple <laughs> now. And then the the last line is from uh, Frank, uh, and he's like, I can't believe you zoomed in to read this. Like, why would we put up any real script so you can read it? Like, we wouldn't That's spoil awesome. that. Happy Fourth of July. <laughs> like, <laughs> we told F you. Yeah, Just, yeah. <laughs> like, I just thought that was so funny and like that's just that show is so good it's one of my favorite episodes uh it became my favorite episode once I found out the hidden value of it and I don't know if I showed this one to you or not um but the gang desperately tries to win an award um it's the city's doing a uh bar of the year award and they're not getting it and they're like we've been here for years and we have a following how come we don't have awards yeah Uh, They're like there's a show down the road Or there's a a place down the road That just started and they have a bunch of awards (laughs) And then you start thinking about it They're talking about the Emmys how they've been on the show? How they've oh, been on the air no for over a decade, and they're like, "We look like a bunch of assholes." <laughs> they're like, "But they're like, you know what? It's cool because like we have an edge that like other people just can't yep. handle." And then they're like, "No, wait a minute!" But now it's really starting to piss me off. Like <laughs> the episode is so good, and uh, in the episode they go investigate the one bar that's winning a bunch of awards. Yeah, they go in, you start hearing pop music, like it's a Taylor Swift song. Yeah, this show does not play licensed songs that much. So to hear Taylor Swift is jarring, the colors are super bright, okay. and uh, it starts to look like an NBC, CBS sitcom. Yep. There's a part where the bartender rings a bell, and everyone's like, drink, and they all drink, and they're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we do that, everyone knows it's time to drink, and they're like, I know when to drink, I'll drink when I want to drink. <laughs> yeah. And then you realize they're talking about laugh tracks. Don't nice. tell me when to laugh, I'll laugh when I want to laugh.
1: No way! Yeah, this show.
0: Oh my gosh, dude, it's so good. If I've never shown you that episode, we'll watch. No, that I one. have not seen that. It's so good. But like the sh- the show's great. Uh, season thirteen's coming out uh, on Hulu July fifth, this Friday, uh, and then the new season will be, I believe, in September. Uh, but just a couple other tiny little tidbits about it. Uh, one of the uh, things that's been kind of making the news lately is I don't know if they were doing a road trip or what was going on, but Rob McElhaney, uh, the guy who plays Mac. He is in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and he comes to the office building. I did hear about this. heard about this. I
1: don't know anything about it, but I did hear that there it, was some weird, like office sunny conspiracy thing. Yeah, happening.
0: well, and that's exactly what I wanted to bring up. So, like, it's it, I think it's just a fun video. He's here, and he says something along the lines of like. Oh, you're no longer here, bitch. Like, this place is called Paddy's. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, that's all it is. And I think it's a funny thing. And I could
1: honestly see them mocking it. Yeah. That'd be hilarious for them to do an Office-style episode. I was expecting
0: them to do the drive-by montage, yeah. the opening montage of the yep. Office. Uh, what I feel like is, is interesting about this is you have people who are now turning that into news, saying that there's an Office, Sunny, like... Crossover happening And yeah. like him and Steve Carell have been talking online And they're like oh man. But that they're just playing along To yeah. anyone who realistically thinks The Sunny, It's Always Sunny In Philadelphia and The Office could do a crossover yeah. First of all bringing The Office back Is already going to be a feat Yeah, And then to crossover with It's Always Sunny One of my favorite shows, The Office is one of my favorite shows You cannot say they have the same demographic Or style of humor That's people leaping to conclusions way yes. before People just jump so fast on things. Well, and not only that, but to pitch that as, like, a possibility I think is absurd. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I feel like there's somebody who works for a company who's like, oh, I need to get an article out tonight. Oh, there could be an Office-Sunny crossover. Exactly. And it's like, no, he's obviously joking. He's just playing around. He was, like, I don't know. I, that just that just kills me. It's the just, most radical thing I can jump to. <laughs> right, right one last thing here about TV news uh, what well, kind of TV slash movie news one of my other favorite uh, TV shows of all time and I believe one of yours as well yes Community I love Community hashtag six seasons and a movie six seasons and a movie so the what are we missing well uh, Alison Brie so one of the last kind of things that people saw as obstacles for this movie was Alison Brie becoming the big, the star that she is now she's not as she's uh, bigger than she yeah. was back when Community was airing hashtag glow yeah, Glow for sure, Glow, yeah. And then, uh, of course, you have Donald Glover, who's uh, doubling a career as Childish Gambino. <laughs> yeah, he's way above where
1: he, yeah, where you ever thought he would be. Well, those
0: were kind of the two that people were worried about. Alison Brie has come out and said that she is 100% in for a community movie, as long as it's on Netflix. Oh, that was so so good. I'm sure that's because, of course... She's probably contracted by Netflix Glow and all that. But I know, I know Joel McHale had his talk show. It's not on anymore, but he's got to have some involvement yep. with them. Yeah. He um, And wasn't the uh, the principal, wasn't he on Netflix as well in something? Yeah, he was on something else as well. I can't remember what, but I know they made a joke on the Joel McHale show about how they're all involved. Uh, so I think that's cool. If it does happen, most likely it would be on something like Netflix. But yeah, the last standout is uh, Childish Gambino and. I don't think he has a reason to. I mean, he doesn't have a reason to job-wise or probably money-wise. But he's, I mean... I'm not going to lie. He seems like a really cool dude. He does seem like a really cool dude. I like. I mean, how seriously, how much work would it really be? It'd be like a reunion to them, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it'd be fun. For him to
1: show up, act like a goof yeah. for a few, out, few days, and it's done.
0: What I wouldn't want is, say they do the movie... And then it's like, oh, like, Troy's not here, but like, oh, he sent us, like, a Skype video. Yeah. And it's, you know, something like that. But, I don't know, possibly one step closer to a community movie. Still might not happen, but I will always hold hopes out. Because I, w- I would love nothing more than Six to see that seasons movie.
1: seasons and a movie.
0: And you know it would be meta. You know that they could even... It would. And there would be, there'd be so much good
1: stuff about that. There would be, like, a pillow fight around Avengers Endgame and
0: everything else <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it would be so good that's the, one of my favorite shows if you've never seen Community and actually I'm going to go ahead and say what I told you earlier about It's Always Sunny the first season, they tried to be like a typical sitcom. They had like, here's our leading guy who's really handsome, and here's the most attractive girl that he's going to hit on. Yeah. And then it's just, it, it's not bad, but it's it's very by the numbers. Yep. And then towards the end of the season, they start getting experimental. <laughs> towards the end, they have that paintball episode. That's so weird. Oh, it got weird. And then from there, it's off the wall. Every episode's a different genre or a different parody or satire. Uh, best
1: episode, in my opinion, is after the entire Blanket Fort, Pillow Fort saga they legit shot like a Civil War documentary reenactment of the Blanket Fort Pillow Fight Socket. It was like a PBS documentary. Yes,
0: it was so meta and so good. That's that's exactly the kind and it's ultimately about a community college. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for our universes. We actually have something special now. We're going to go home first. We be
1: booming! We be booming!
0: Now, we actually got some booms sent in to us uh, from from our followers on Twitter. Some questionnaire booms. Yeah, little questionnaires, little things they want to get some of our input, and I'd love to talk about some of this. This is from uh, Django Soul on Twitter. He asks, are video games art? 100%. Yes. Yes. 10,000%. Yeah, they they are absolutely art. I guess I'll say 99%.
1: Yes. (laughs) Because you can get games like I Am Bread. It's like those are fun and I guess in well, I guess one hundred percent. In their own way they are art. That is <laughs> yes. I uh, I can't argue my own
0: comment. <laughs> so Frankly, frankly, yeah, I don't get how this is a question. one hundred percent. No, this isn't I don't know that this are is they a, accepted as art? That's
1: yeah that's this, a completely different question. Right. I,
0: I think it is absolutely art. I think it's mind blowing that like it is it even as a question. How is it that movies are automatically deemed art, but yes. like video games, especially if you look at games like uh, anything from Rockstar, Red Dead Redemption yes. 2, where it takes years to make, yep. millions of dollars to make, yes. all these different teams, uh, and I don't think anyone is saying Red Dead 2 isn't art, but I'm using that as an example for video games as a whole. Well, even as uh, Red
1: Dead, there's been times that I've been playing that, and I just stop riding my horse to stare at the scenery. Right. And right. any game that can make me stop playing the game just to admire
0: it is one hundred percent art. Exactly. I mean I mean that right there, you're even looking at the most literal interpretation of art where like it's visually beautiful. I'm just gonna to stop at. and look at this right exactly. now. Exactly. I love um, so a game I've been dying to play for years. I've never gotten around to it, but I've seen enough uh, on it that it's just it's always stuck in my brain, is the Stanley Parable. Does that ring a bell? It sounds vaguely familiar. It's a PC game. Uh, In this game, it's a narrative-driven game, but it focuses a lot on choice and free will. So, for example, you would start out in a hallway, and it's a first-person perspective. You're in a hallway, and there's two doors at the end. You start walking, and a narration will come on, and it'll be like, Stanley walked down the end of the hallway, and he saw a door on the right (laughs) and a door on the left. Stanley chose the door on the left. You can choose... To go through the right door or the left door. Say you go through the right door. No way. Stanley seems to not take instructions very well. <laughs> so it's like things like that, you know. Like I see that as art. That see, right there is art. Yeah. I. I yeah. Yeah. Um. The, there's that one game. Uh, I got it for free. Like a year or two back from PlayStation, the Unfinished Swan where it's all oh, a completely yeah. white canvas the entire world's white you have white. to throw ink to mm-hmm. paint the world exactly yeah. you start out you have no idea you're the sense creating of creating art in you, the game you don't see a sense of up, down, left, right where I'm going but you start throwing globs of paint and you're like oh that's the ceiling oh here's the steps here's the hallway yes I think video games are undoubtedly art. Anyone who says otherwise is, I, I frankly, I don't know, probably over the age of seventy. <laughs> yeah, too, too old to play video games. Yeah. Uh, one thing I will say though, one one quick thing, because I think that we've, we've essentially made our point is, I wouldn't necessarily call Tetris art, but I would call Tetris Effect art. Yeah. Tetris Effect is the newest release where it's kind of got trippier gra- graphics. The music actually plays to how you. Yeah. Play the game. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um but I don't know. the original Tetris. Okay, so let's focus on but is the original then, Tetris
1: art? They make these cool little lights that are Tetris shapes, and you can stack them and they light up. Is that not an art piece? That's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So is not the original game an art piece? Because it literally created art. Even though it's a puzzle game, it's still it could still be art. Yeah. Pac-Man. Uh, I find the original Pac-Man, the blue lines and the little circles running around and the little white dots, visually very appealing. Well, yeah, you see blankets of it, you
0: see it's it's beautiful tapestries. It's yeah. well made. I think, yeah, I, I think uh, I think most people would agree video games are definitely art. Yes. I right? and, and and especially I, I don't want to have to I don't want to rehash a lot here, but just games deserve more recognition for the work that goes into them. 100%. I don't understand how. A game of the year, a legitimate one... Everybody has a game of the year. Every company and every website has a game of the year. Yeah. But having a THE game of the year yeah. on the same par as the Oscars or the Emmys is much deserved.
1: Most definitely. I remember you talking to me about the the voice actors of Red Dead. About how, what they recorded... Like something like five million lines of dialogue for that game.
0: It was yeah, it was a lot, and it was over years too. And and it I was over years. The guy who played, who voiced Arthur uh, in Red Dead, I think he started voicing it like three years ago. Yeah, I mean, and, and then you look at, and I'm not diminishing anyone's work, but you look at an actor who probably, let's be honest, works ninety days out of a year. Yeah, you know, but we put them on the highest pedestal. Yep. I just find that odd. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. So yes, video games are absolutely art. Yes, and I think you would all agree with us. If you disagree, I would genuinely love to hear your argument for that, um, and wrong, um, but... prepare for a lot of heat <laughs> from <Those> other people. <laughs> probably, <laughs> um, this last one's really interesting, and I think we can get some we can get juicy on this one. This one is from Mike in Bunker Hill. Ooh. He's asking, "How would you Frankenstein your ideal Batman yes. actor?" My fingers are twiddling. <laughs> you look very excited. <laughs> I'm so happy you about really this question. Excited you. here. Uh so that's yeah. such a cool question. I love it. I love it. That's a great question. Cuz there's definitely bits and pieces that I like and don't like about every incarnation. Yes. Well, well, um I don't
1: know if we answered this question differently or not, but I I took it as creating my own perfect Batman movie from everything that already exists as Batman. I'm cherry picking. That's good. That'd be the easiest to visualize anyhow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I personally I don't care what you say about the movie. I loved Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. Okay. Not as Batman. Just Bruce Wayne. Because I loved his smoothness. Uh, I could listen to Val Kilmer talk for days. He has such a smooth, calm voice. He was pretty suave. And I love the suave coolness that he played to it. Even, uh, Even in his troubledness in the movie, he was very calm. I want him to have the build of Ben Affleck. He's big. He's menacing. He's looking. a tank. Yeah. And I feel like you need that size of a Batman to go up against literal gods. Um, and of course, the voice of Mr. Kevin Conroy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, yeah.
0: That's the shoe in. That's, the, that's Batman, the bonus spot on the I want Val
1: Kilmer's voice as Bruce Wayne, Kevin Conroy's voice as Batman. Okay.
0: Okay. I want that deeper, raspy,
1: not the Christian Bale gasping for breath. Yeah. But the just that assertive, like, I know who I am. Right. Like, almost Val Kilmer's that calm, cool, collected, like, he's playing it cool, and Kevin Conroy's voice is, this is me. I know who I am at this point, and I am Batman. I loved Michael Caine's Alfred. Yeah, out of any of them, Michael Caine seemed to be the one that really made Alfred feel like home.
0: Oh, wow. That's a, great, that's a great way to word that. Uh, the part where when he's weeping at the end of Dark Knight Rises. Yes. Talking about how he failed him. I failed you. That is, you that is not, very emotional. He did not quit the Batman.
1: He wanted him to stop. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're going to run yourself into the ground. And he ended up doing so. Or at least Michael Caine thought he did so. I love how you worded that.
0: He's the most home.
1: I love yes. that. Uh, I love the animated series Batmobile.
0: All right, No, I love that! Yes. I'd love to see that in physical reality. I want to see
1: that in a live-action film. I love the fact that it looks like some super old, like, 20s art deco. Yeah, it looks like it's
0: from the 20s or 40s, but but from the future. But yet
1: still futuristic, Ah. yes. I love it. And uh, my last little tidbit is I want Burton's Gotham as the set, but in The Everlasting Snail. Batman Returns Batman Returns Gotham City Batman Origins mm-hmm. the video game
0: yeah Batman uh, works so Batman, well with Christmas Batman Noel mm-hmm.
1: anytime it's cold and it kind of takes it to more of the dark stark black and white like lack of color yes Gotham if Gotham was in Alaska <laughs> that's, that's what I want I want Gotham in an everlasting snow I love this question so much i I spent so much time on this uh, and that's that's kind of where I'm at with my perfect Batman.
0: I love that dude I love how how you described all that and especially with your with your Gotham city um I kind of I was slightly similar slightly different okay um so I want the acting in the presence of Michael Keaton every yeah. single Batman actor yeah that you've had none of them have had the presence that Michael Keaton does Michael Keaton isn't even the most physically imposing I will give you that but he's the most that when you saw him you're like that dude's crazy yeah and like I don't know I'm terrified I it like it, you felt the brooding you felt the yes. anger you felt the 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 injustice he felt
1: Michael Keaton can do a very good job of acting without saying a word
0: yes uh, yeah he did excellent brooding one of my yeah. favorite shots it's very impractical for the universe uh, but one of my favorite shots is Batman Returns when the signal goes up, but he's in his study. So then his own Bat-signal comes in yeah. and shines on him and he stands up. I yep. love that, that shot. That shot, shot, to this day, will give me goosebumps. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the presence and the acting of Keaton. Okay. Yep. So however you would bottle that energy, that intensity. Physically, as Bruce Wayne, I like George Clooney. Okay. Now, maybe you know a little bit younger than what we saw in Batman and Robin Um, but I like him physically as George or as um, Bruce Wayne George Clooney has that suaveness he has that natural attractiveness you can believe that he would walk out of the most expensive car yeah everybody would swoon he was not you know that's certainly not the best Batman movie but that is one of the best Bruce Wayne's that in my opinion
1: George Clooney has
0: the cockiness without the arrogance He's very confident. He's he very, confident. very confident. He uh, exhumes a, a bit of power, and that's kind of what I see in Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Uh, Batman, now as Batman, physically, this is where it's interesting, okay? Because this is where am I going to take Batman in his career, and what kind of tone am I going? Okay. Because I also love Ben Affleck, because he is a tank. He is muscle. Yeah. When I picture Frank Miller's Batman putting him in real life, yep. I've seen seeing Ben Affleck. However, I do like Val Kilmer's build as Batman. Okay. No, I don't like him acting as Batman. That shot where he turns around <laughs> from uh, the, the, the psychiatrist and does that stupid smile. <laughs> I just... Uh, yeah. But physically, I like the lean, young Batman. You yeah. believed, out of all of the Batman in suits, he's probably the one that I most believed, that he could go out there... Physically run around that's true. beat up people. Yeah. Um so again, that one I'm kinda cheating. I am saying Ben Affleck and Val Kilmer, but that's what kind of take am I going with?
1: No. So that's not cheating. Um, that's cutting from both.
0: Uh now the voice, of course, Kevin Conroy. Oh, yeah. Who is gonna argue with that? Yeah, you can. I mean, you can't touch that. That's that's just perfect. Uh, my Batmobile is the 1989 Batmobile. Yeah, I knew that was coming. Yeah, the, Yeah, <laughs> Michael Keaton's Batmobile is just the... That is the coolest vehicle in it, the world. It really if is. If I had a genie, one of my wishes would be I want a street-legal, like, legit Batmobile. It's, yeah.
1: It's so close to, like, a Corvette Stingray. Which, wasn't <laughs> that the body they built it off of? It was built off, like, a Ford
0: Taurus. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no way! They took, like, a normal, like, Ford Taurus, and then they built, like... Yeah, it's an exterior frame because it looks
1: like a Corvette string Mm -hmm. with the
0: raised fenders up over the front a lot of what you see is all extra no way yeah but uh, I just I love that car and I love that it's so perfectly Batman that he had all the unnecessary gadgets yeah so he had I love in the first movie when uh, Vicki Vale's looking at him a little too much and he pushes a button and it's a light that's literally just there to blind the other person <laughs> if they happen to be looking at Batman. Yeah, And I just
1: love that. You know. I love that. Because I thought of everything.
0: Yeah. Uh, and frankly, I love it when he goes on a rampage in it in Batman Returns where he like yes. lights the dude on fire and he like yeah. launches like those pellets at the guy, the concussion I pellets. did love it in Returns when it gets the shell
1: around it. Yes. really armors itself. Dude, that it's was... Like, as a kid that's awesome or how
0: about when it splits apart to go through the alleyway yeah go through
1: the skinny alleyway
0: at the time that was the toy I wanted more than anything I did eventually get it but that Batmobile it split apart oh my gosh yep Um, so that would be that would be my my Batman Um, I really liked uh, I have to look up his name real quick Jeremy Irons as my Alfred. now I liked him because I liked that he was a little surly he was a little bit tougher oh yeah I like that he was probably a whiskey drinker. Like, he's like, you're driving me to drink because, like, you're killing me. <laughs> like, Bruce, you know? Yeah. But I also picture him as, like, they do this often in the comics. And they did a couple times in the 90s cartoon series. But uh, if somebody were to break into uh, the cave and uh, start, you know, messing around or they shouldn't be there, I can picture Jeremy Irons Alfred actually fighting. That's and, like, true. like, fighting back. I feel like, like he know? could handle himself. Yeah. Um, now, uh um, but I really liked him. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I didn't go so far to think into Gotham City, but I will say I liked the Gotham City that you saw in the '90s cartoon because, like what you were saying with okay. Burton's, it was kind of '20s, kind of '40s, but it's also futuristic. Yeah, I love that. No matter what decade or era it's supposed to take place, there's always <laughs> Zeppelins and blimps. Yeah, like I love that. I love that it's kind of timeless. Yeah. Um so that's kind of the Gotham City I'd that's be cool. looking for. But that's going to be our episode for today, I think. Sweet. That yeah, was a good one. That was a good one. That was pretty meaty. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you for listening to us today. We had a good time. Many thanks. Many thanks, many thanks. Yes. And we will be seeing you soon.